Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of 580 WCHS or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Put the power of Peyton on your side. We have the courtroom experience that you need. We never give up. We're prepared to fight for your rights. When you need action, count on us. Put the power of Peyton on your side. The power of Peyton. It's 821 and this is 580 WCHS, the voice of Charleston. And good Thursday morning to you. I'm Jeff Jenkins and it's time for Harvey Payton of the Payton Law Firm. Ask the expert here on 580 WCHS. Any questions about the law, Harvey's with us. And give us a call, 304-345-5858, 304-345-5858. And here he is, Harvey Payton. Good morning, Harvey. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Hey. Beautiful morning out there. It's cooled off. You know, one of the really great things over the last 21-plus years of uh, being a part of this family at this station and uh, doing the Ask the Lawyers, get up. Early on Thursday morning, and then drive to town, and you got time to room a date, and it's always so nice. This morning, I got up here in time to embark on a mission of mercy. I went over to, there's a place at the end of Capitol Street called Charleston Breads. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't tried it, or if anybody listening hasn't tried it, it is absolutely the best little bakery uh, around that I know of. Now, there may be better ones, and I'm not saying that they're they're absolutely the best if you've got a favorite, but the lady who... Runs it, studied her baking at Sullivan University down in Louisville, where my youngest boy, George, did got his food service mm-hmm. training. And uh, they make the best variety of muffins. Uh, and you just walk in, I mean, they open at 6 in the morning till 7 in the evening. Well, I've got a cousin, my only real close cousin left on my dad's side of the family, Beth Garten, who lives up in Kanawha City. Well, Beth, who should have known better, she gets a ladder to climb up and do something on the eaves of her garage. Now, I think this, I'm not saying how old Beth is, but I think she was in about the class of 73, 74 at East Bank. She was in the same class as the guy that worked at uh, Kelly's that was involved in the murder. Yes, okay. And uh, and this just did not end well. The ladder fell, and she just suffered a couple of terrible fractures. So she's kind of homebound in her house, and she said, bring me donuts. And I said, well, what, how about muffins? Oh, they're the best. Bring me one of each. So I thought, well, I'm early this morning. I'll zip over there, and I'm going to the gym after this. I'm a, she lives up in Kanawha City. I'm going to slip up and give her some muffins. Because she's part of the, you know, she worked for Valley Camp when she got out of high school. And I actually married a guy who was a minor for Valley Camp. They're not married now, but they're, I mean, that's, they're pretty good. They get along, and it's, he's the father of her daughter, Lucy. But, you know, she had her mom worked over here for uh, Merrill photo- Photography for like 50-plus years, and she had two uncles, Clay and Bruce, Clay Holdren, 
he worked for probably 40 years for Carbon Fuels, and Bruce lived across the river in uh, Cedar Grove, mm-hmm. so he worked for about 40 years for Valley Camp, worked under little wiry guys, you know, and uh, I remember Clay, her Uncle Clay, when I, and we were pretty close when I got out of law school. He, we had a little get-together at my grandmother's house, who they all referred to as Aunt Nori, because her name was Nora, and uh, of course, his wife, they, she was a big shutterbugs because she worked over at Merrill Photo. And there's a picture of Clay sitting in his kitchen in the little house up at Chesapeake when he got home from working at uh, Carbon Fuels. Well, you know what a miner looks oh, like. Absolutely. So it. now when yes. you think you've had a bad day, honey, you just take a look at this. There's a tired dog right there. I still have that picture in my office. I think about that quite frequently. But Beth's on the mend, but... It was good to be up here early this morning and be able to take care of that little task before coming in to see if we – maybe we'll have some callers today. Yes, Interesting things yes. going on in the law. I heard yesterday that uh, – and again this morning that the government of the uh, Republic of Mexico has instituted some sort of litigation, I believe, in a United States District Court in New York. Uh, I could be wrong about the venue, but I think it, I'm sure it's the United States District Court against a number of manu- American manufacturers of firearms – alleging that uh, they have some liability to the Mexican government for the cost of an epidemic of homicides that have taken place with firearms traced directly to these manufacturers that were manufactured and uh, shipped in significant numbers to distributors in Mexico and then found their way to the street. And I thought, well, that's, that's interesting. I don't think the case will go anywhere because our – United States Congress ill-advisedly back in 2005 just gave blanket immunity to the manufacturers of, and distributors of firearms for anything, I think including acts of negligence. But my thought was, absent the action of Congress, which should be revisited, there really isn't any difference in that lawsuit and what we've been talking about the last several months over here in the opioid case. I mean, there, there was a legal product uh, and if prescribed by doctors and used solely for its intended purpose, uh, there would be no liability. However, if you uh, see a tsunami of shipments far in excess of what one could reasonably expect would meet the legitimate needs of that community, well, you may have some liability. We'll find out shortly if there's liability because Judge Faber is going to rule on that matter. But the, the concept would be the same. Uh, I've always persisted, and I told Hoppy this once, we were talking about how to get a handle on uh, when you have a constitutional right to own a firearm. <clears throat> uh, but to get a handle on some of the proliferations of guns on the street, just impose strict liability on the owner. I mean, if you buy a firearm, if you have a dog, you're strictly liable for that dog. If it runs out of your yard and bites someone, you're liable whether you took precautions or not. So make the person who owns a firearm strictly liable so you won't read stories anymore about uh, a three-year-old picking up a loaded gun that somebody left on a dresser and shooting their six-year-old brother. I mean, if you are strictly liable, responsible people will thereupon because their insurance companies will mandate it. So, you know, you're either going to, if you own a firearm, that will be a question on a, your application for homeowner's insurance. What you know? Do you have a trigger lock? Do you have a case? Do you have a secure place for the firearm? What have you done to protect it from theft? Mm-hmm. Because we're strictly liable if the gun's stolen from you and used to kill a policeman in New York, and that would make responsible gun owners 
take care, and irresponsible people take care of their weapons. I mean, I, when you read about, I read about people who go to Jaeger Airport, and they're stopped by the TSA. So oh, I forgot I had a gun in my pocketbook, loaded. Well, my first thought is, you know, if you forgot you had a gun loaded in your pocketbook, maybe you don't need to have a gun, right? So why isn't that person subject to some restriction? If I forgot I had a loaded gun in my briefcase, well, I guess you could then forget you had a loaded gun on your dresser or you had a loaded gun on the seat of your car where a child could get it or where some hooligan could reach in and steal it and go rob a go-mart. So I don't see a lot of difference, but I, that was just a complete aside, but it did have some rel- relationship to a lawsuit that had been filed, so I thought, well, it's my show, so I'll talk about it. Right. <laughs> maybe, that's fine. Maybe, that's fine. maybe we can get a call from some constitutional uh, absolutist who says, well, you can't do anything about guns. And that's generally the answer you hear, right? Yeah. 304-345-5858. Harvey's with us. Any questions about the law? 304-345-5858. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was... Uh, and we're going to do a story this weekend. I was doing. Uh, I was talking to uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice Evan Jenkins yesterday. You know, during the session, during the legislative session, we focus on issues and we talk about them over and over again. Right. and Do stories, and then, and then sometimes you kind of, you know, let them go for a few months. So I, I talked to him about all the work that's going on behind the scenes on the intermediate court, and there is a bunch going on. I mean, there's a lot well, going yeah, on. Together. I understand there is. You know, unfortunately. I mean, I was out of town when the West Virginia Bar Association had their annual meeting two weeks ago, and but one of the featured sessions was Chief Justice Jenkins and Clerk Edie Nash Geis about the development of the intermediate court. I'm sure that there's a lot of work to be done, and I think you mentioned maybe it'll be in your story. Is it trumping you to say that? They may go back to the legislature and ask no, for fine. some yeah, ask nice. for some changes. changes. I don't know yeah. what they are uh, specifically, but that's a good thing. I, I didn't think we needed an intermediate court, and I still don't. On the format that the legislature gave it to us, I think an intermediate or a court of last resort for other things like workers' compensation and family law and misdemeanor criminal cases other than those resulting in death a court of last resort at a lower level probably wasn't a bad idea. You know, a court that just simply takes all civil cases uh, and shortstops an appeal to the Supreme Court to get finality, I don't agree with, don't think we needed it. But if we got it, and we do, let's make it the best we can. And so I have confidence that the court, I know Chief Justice Jenkins, but not well. And I know him to say hello. He was a lawyer, and mm-hmm. I know... Edie Nash, the clerk, quite well because I've done a lot of business to the Supreme Court, and before that she was in private practice. So I have confidence that there will be some transparency in this, and before the first of the year we're going to find out what the court has in mind. Yeah, let's go to the lines here. The phone line, uh, John is on the line. John, you're on with Harvey. Good morning. Hey, good morning, John. Hey, how are you doing this morning? Well, I'm trying to get by, you know. Well, everybody does. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I got a quick question. Sure. A good friend of mine, which is kind of like a business partner, we she buy houses, we'd uh, clean them out and uh, fix them up and rent them. And she passed, and her daughter ended up with three houses to pay uh, 
payments as well as taxes, and the daughter didn't pay, well, they could only afford to take care of two houses, which was the most valuable. The least valuable is next door to my house. And the daughter didn't pay the first half taxes on Mm -hmm. So therefore, she's, they're going to lose it. The first half taxes they didn't pay, and they're not going to be able to pay the second half. I'm just curious, uh, all the money that my friend's business partner, we never put nothing in writing. I'm just curious if she could sign that property over to me or she already lost it due to the first not paying the first half taxes. Well, she has, it hasn't been lost. If I understand it, these are taxes for the first half of uh, perhaps last year, 2020, or maybe this year, 2021. You cannot lose a piece of property in that short period of time. You, you have the right. It takes about... 24 months for taxes to become delinquent, the tax lien to be sold, notices to be given, and a tax sale or a tax deed to be issued. So, unless I miss that, when did your partner die? Back in September uh, of last year. Okay, so no, well, if the taxes were paid up when she passed away, then you're not really in danger of, quote, losing the house. But your question is, you know, even though you don't have anything in writing, and I've litigated this issue a couple of times, a partnership exists when a partnership exists. Whether it's in writing or not, if two people combine together for their mutual benefit in a business enterprise, uh, then that's a partnership. And the fact that the, the uh, property may have been titled in your partner's name for convenience or for whatever reason, for whatever reason the partners decided that was a good idea, doesn't mean that you don't have any interest in that property. And you, if you, assuming you can prove this pattern of partnership conduct, then you could assert a claim for the value. I would think you'd be in a good position right now to go to the children of your former business partner and say, look, let's just the partnership is dissolved because one partner's dead. Two, it takes two to tango. A single person can't be a partnership. So now that it's dissolved, let's distribute this. Deed me this house. Bang. You can take the house at you know, whatever the uh, cost basis was when you got it. So if you flip it, you're not going to have any uh, tax liability, and they won't incur any liability for conveying it because it's just resolving a partnership. I mean, it if if it's worth anything, you probably need to talk to a lawyer. Talk to them first. But I can tell you, you got some. You're not without a leg to stand on. You're not in bad position here. Okay. I'm not. I'm not worried about nothing. I think the daughter will sign it over to me. Right. Sure. If she will. I, I mean, worried, all you need to I do is hop it down to the sheriff's department uh, or the assessor's office down there at the Kanawha County Courthouse, assuming it's in Kanawha County, and check on those taxes. I mean, if they are delinquent, if the tax lien has been sold. If it's in Kanawha County, you have to redeem it through the uh, Kanawha County Clerk's Office. But they can tell you down there what you have to pay. You're not going to lose the property, right? Well, what I'm trying to do is get her to sign it over. Sure. You just and need to get a deed prepared and take her to her to sign. Then I'll catch the taxes up. I'm sure. not trying to. Just She's going to let it go anyway. Right. Just you know, All you need to do, if I were you, I'd just get a deed prepared 
make sure these girls own it, you know, that they've, they've probated their mom's estate so there's clear title, and then just well, yeah, get a deed she, written and get it to them and be a small price for you to only, pay for a pair of deed, just take it out and get them to sign it and put it on record. She's the only living daughter. Well. So it's all in the will. Right. Another well, the will's been probated. Just, and you're not without help. You just need to talk to a lawyer about getting the work done. Okay? All right. I got one more quick question. Okay. okay. Go ahead, John. She left the will, and before she, uh, I'm not going to say what she done, but anyway, she's not here no more. Um, she wrote in the will, in her own handwriting, that she owed me X amount of money. The will, I was told what she wrote don't count. Uh, it probably doesn't if it was inter- if it was an interlineation and a formally written will, unless it was separate and signed again at the time she made the interlineation with testamentary intent, it probably is not enforceable. The will would be interpreted just by the words that are on the page. A person, you can make a, a, a handwritten addition to your will, but you have to write it in your own handwriting, and you have to sign it at the time you make the interlineation in a manner that indicates you intended to sign that with the intent of making that change, right? So if people, I've seen this hundreds of times in my 47 years of practicing law. Some of them will write in, and I want Bob to have this, and they just write it between a paragraph. There's no, no, no indication of when it was written, no separate signature. That's just called precatory language, which is this is what I'd like to happen, but it's not legally binding. Mm. So... You're not, I don't think you're going to do any good there. Your best shot's just to concentrate on uh, getting that house, right? Okay. All right. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, John. Thank you buddy. All right. There you go. Well, there's a nice vociferous fellow yeah. with a, yeah. an issue. Well, but he's, but you made a clear point. He well, had a, he still has a leg to stand on sure. in the partnership. And that's the kind of thing lawsuits are made of. I, yeah. you know, so I had one down in Putnam County where uh, almost the same thing, you know, a man, he was single, widower. And uh, a lady friend, you know, they got into business. He owned some land, and, you know, they just sort of together worked on stuff and sold things. And then he passed, and she passed, and now what do the kids do about who owns what and where's the money? And it didn't end up in litigation. It came pretty close, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's what lawsuits are made of. It's always better, of course, if he can work it out and he's satisfied with getting a house from the his uh it sounded kind of like his paramour there, you know, that he was doing business with. But yeah, okay. Hopefully, they can resolve it. Nice call, okay. thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, John. Let's hear some more. And yeah, the let's lines, get some more calls. Call in. Lines are open. 304-345-5858. We're going to take our one and only break. It's eight thirty nine. This is. Harvey Payton, Ask the Expert on 580 WCHS. Special toothpaste don't really work. Drugstore preparations and potions, they won't do the trick. If you want a brilliant white smile, Garib Dental Group has what it takes. Broken, chipped, or discolored teeth, gaps between your teeth, even missing teeth, and discolored old dental work can all be corrected by the smile specialist at Garib Dental Group. Many procedures are covered by dental insurance, and financing options are available. Get the smile you dream of at Garib Dental Group in Polka, South Charleston, St. Albans, Cross Lane. 
Plains, Tays Valley, and now Kanawha City. We love to see your smile. Hi, everyone. This is Danny Jones here to tell you that if you're looking for a place to buy or sell a vehicle, stop into Larry Dawson's Auto Sales. Personally, I've known Larry for over 40 years and have bought multiple cars from him, even a few sight unseen, and have been pleased with every one. They're some of the best people in the business, and you can trust Larry and the crew to get you in the ride that you desire. I did. Visit LarryDawson's.com or go to 418 First Avenue, and Larry Dawson's place to go is in Nitro. Brought to you by City National Bank, where you can get a home equity line of credit with rates starting below prime. Equal housing lender. For a convenient location near you, log on to bankatcity.com. Traffic moving well through the capital city. We did have one accident. It happened about a about 45 minutes ago at the intersection of Jefferson Road and McCorkle Avenue near the Bob Evans in South Charleston. So use some caution there. Other than that, we are in great shape. Blast time today on the I-64 construction zone where they're working on the bridge at Nitro and St. Albans is 12.30 today. So be prepared for some slow-moving traffic at that time. Again, 12.30 today. From the WCHS Network Traffic Studio, I'm Jenny Murray. With the power of Peyton on your side, we have the courtroom experience that you need. We never give up. We're prepared to fight for your rights When you need action, count on us Put the power of Peyton on your side The power of Peyton It's 842 and this is 580 WCHS The voice of Charleston, Jeff Jenkins with you And Harvey Peyton of the Peyton Law Firm in Nitro Give us a call, 304-345-5858, 304-345-5858. And you're talking about this lawsuit Mexico has filed. So how does that work? Sovereign countries can file suit against... Yeah, a sovereign country yeah. can bring an action against the United States and the United States District Court. No state can bring an action against another state. The United States cannot sue a state in federal court. They have no jurisdiction. But we sue sovereign nations. I mean, we've sued... Iran. Mm-hmm. We've sued other countries in U.S. District Court here, and you know other countries have sued us. I think you know, the, the Republic of France at one time brought an action against the United States had something to do with aircraft subsidies. Before we got into the you know, World Trade Organization and the other agreements on trade, uh, but you know the law of the of the forum applies, and the fact is the law in this forum will govern a claim by a sovereign country as well as it would by an individual. If there's immunity established by the Congress of the United States, then there's immunity. I mean, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it. I think grants of absolute immunity under any circumstance are bad because while you don't think people will act uh, in, with intentional recklessness just because they have no liability, it certainly doesn't promote an atmosphere where you should take greater caution than what's barely legal. Um, we'll see. You know, one other, unrelated, completely unrelated, but it's on my mind this week. Have you any real enthusiasm for this college football season? Um, you know what? Let me tell you the truth. Well, you know, usually I'll go down through the West Virginia schedule and right. uh, and, and look at it, and I have I haven't <laughs> really done that. Until, I, mean, I heard, you know, our coverage begins in a few yeah. weeks. I mean, and, you guys got great coverage. Yeah. Steve Dunlap's working with you now, yeah, right? Again, and yeah, again, Steve yes. knows a lot about it. Oh yeah, and, we enjoy him. And his sister's a dear friend of mine. You know, she's a magistrate yeah. down in Putnam County. Uh, 
But with this hubbub about, again, conference realignment and interference by ESPN and Fox with the machinations of conferences to try and steer, it's so obviously about money. I said, I know that on the air 20 years ago, and I've told my, if the networks had their way, they'd play these games in a studio. It's all about product. It has nothing to do with me or you or my friend Mike Wallace sitting in the stands, you know. It has to do with selling commercials, revenue, and give it's going con- to give us content, right? Yeah, give us content yeah. now. And who's going to who's going to supervise that? Dwayne Emmert at the NCAA. He gets paid four million dollars a year plus perks. Now, where does that money come from? It comes from the member institutions who are getting the money from the TV network. And I think Jim Beheim. I don't have a whole lot of use for Syracuse because they cheated us in a couple of football games, but I do like Jim Beheim. He said last week, and it, it may approach this as far as the NCAA is concerned. You know, the NCAA had this stranglehold on college football. You got to see two or three games a week that they mm-hmm. chose and they put on their selected networks, except Notre Dame got to be on NBC whenever they wanted and dominate Sunday mornings. And Don Nealon was one of the leaders to his credit so it was uh very switzer at oklahoma and what's maybe lavelle edwards at yeah lavelle edwards and i yeah. think uh, nebraska's coach tom osborne uh, tom osborne so all right we've we've had it so you got the college football so cba cfa yeah. cfa yeah. right which is how our um all the guy that just left the governor's office that's how he got started you know as soon as they broke the stranglehold of the ncw oh, carry yeah yeah he hot he was down in north carolina Working with Jefferson Pilot, bang, they pick up a bunch of uh, ACC teams yeah. and market them to television. So we don't need you, NCAA. We are not giving you all this money. We have a product that we can sell and our fans want to watch. And I would not be surprised with this additional shakeup because you're going to see teams that are solid. I mean, Cincinnati has already got a legitimate beef. There's a legitimate highly thought of academic university with that good athletic programs in football and basketball and other Olympic sports. West Virginia University is in the same slot. Just left out in the cold by the money boys because this guy, Sankey, from the SEC, makes $10 million a year to run a conference, right? And they get that from the football people. You know, you got, what would they do at WVU? They got people up there now swinging from the trees making 100000 bucks a year in the athletic department because they're getting $35 million from TV. Now we're going to find the back end of that. The basketball may just say, I think Huggins would do it in a heartbeat. Okay, you don't run the tournament anymore. We're not coming to your tournament. we got 164 teams here, and we're going to compete in a uh, – you know, we're going to expand the team from, uh, what, 64 teams now or 70 – yeah. We'll double the size and have one more game. We'll have one more week to the tournament schedule. Double the size of the tournament. We've got 126 teams that want to play. See you, Wayne. You don't get this billion dollars to hand out. We get it. That may just happen. I mean, people are sick of it. I'm sick of it. I think the fans are sick of it. It just kills enthusiasm. We had a call. Yeah, we do. Bob's on the line. Good, Bob. Bob. Bob, you're on with Harvey. Go ahead. Hey, Bobo. What's going on? Uh, Harvey on the... Um College football. Uh, you and I both have heard all of our lives how horrible it is in society that the rich get rich 
and the poor get poorer. We've heard that all of our lives. Wonder why that doesn't apply in college football. Thank you, Bob. Well, it does, obviously. Um, without some basic framework uh, to control the avariciousness of corporate greed, then the great god mammon will dominate football like it dominates a great deal of American life now and has for the last 40 years. Uh, Everybody has rules. I mean, people say, well, you're going to pick winners and losers. Well, everybody picks winners and losers. There are rules that you play by in every game. There are rules that people play by in the regulatory field of government. And those regulations are crafted, and some people benefit and some people don't. The NCAA has nothing uh, that I can see that addresses the effect on student-athletes, which they like to call, you know, like to so vigorously, so supposedly protect, of the greed of corporate media. This is Disney, right? Disney owns ABC and ESPN, one of the largest media entertainment companies in the world has figured out that they can market this product uh, from Texas and Oklahoma to the tip of Florida and up into uh, South Carolina and Kentucky that the people will pay around the country to watch that. Now, they'll also pay out west to watch Southern Cal, and up north they'll pay to watch Notre Dame and Big Ten schools, and that's that's it. So that's, who we're gonna, that's where the eggs are going to go in the basket. And, you know... If athletes at West Virginia University lose their opportunity, if, if the fans in West Virginia lose the opportunity to play at a higher level because they can't get in a conference, well, you know, that's just too bad. That's just the way it is here in big boy town because we have the money. Well, is that right? Of course it's not right. Will Congress do anything to regulate it? I doubt it because they're in, you know, the last 40 years – of the selfishness and greed that's cropped up in the United States of America since 1981 has left us a hollowed-out society that cares only about money. I mean, we've got lawyers now. All they care about is being rich. You find a lawyer and try and get them to say, I'd like to make just a decent living and raise my family and drive an Oldsmobile instead of a Mercedes, and they're, uh, they're few and far between. Doctors have to specialize and expect to... Uh, be supported by insurance programs run by the government and practice in hospitals publicly funded because they're nonprofit institutions but still make $2 million a year and have no uh, liability for, for uh, negligence. I mean, that's just what, where we are. And we have legislatures who play ball with that. And I, mean, I just don't see any, I don't see any change in the, on the horizon. I'm, and I'm telling you, I could be sadly mistaken, and I hope I am three years from now. We're going to be sitting here before the start of the Mountaineer football season and wondering about how we're going to beat uh, East Carolina and Tulane and SMU, and maybe we'll have a good game against Navy and Cincinnati. You, right? don't, you don't think it comes out well for West Virginia? I don't, this how time? can it? How can it? We don't have any money. We don't have any clout. We don't have a TV market. You know, do you think that, that uh, the ACC would take West Virginia over the University of Cincinnati? It has a, a TV market of, uh, you know, Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. I mean, it's, we're living in dream world, buddy. Uh, do you think Notre Dame is going to – Notre Dame didn't want us in the Big East. Notre Dame did everything it could to destroy the Big East Conference with West Virginia and it as a basketball conference. 
And Caridi had the guts to say on the air when the commissioner of the Big East said, well, Notre Dame's ever done everything they can to help us. Caridi said, that's a lie. Just flat out, just call him a liar. Well, he was lying. I mean, is, you think the University of Notre Dame would deign to be in a conference with West Virginia? What do you do if we go out to South Bend and beat them? <laughs> I mean, you're not going to take that chance. Texas got sick of being the underdog to West Virginia. They got beat twice in their home stadium in front of packed houses by West Virginia. One time when they were rated about, you know, they started the season rated in the top ten, we went down there with, you know, risky play. Holgerson deserves complete credit for that. Ran a quarterback out for a two-pointer and won the game. Bang. I mean, that, I mean that's enough to get them out the door. I, I could be wrong. I'm just negative about that. I'm positive about the Mountaineers. I'm positive about West Virginia University. I'm positive about Marshall I'm sick at heart about what Marshall and the governor have done as far as their academic programs by letting Jerome Gilbert slip away. It's disgraceful. It's all done in the name of athletics and loading up the Board of Governors to try and promote the interests of people from Beckley. But I'm still positive for them. But, you know, we're kidding ourselves. If we think that we're going to go up there and swing above our weight with the big boys and just tell the ACC, can you imagine what they'd say at Duke? <laughs> oh, 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 the call over Mike Krzyzewski. I mean, he's retired, but he ain't out of the picture. And it's just like, well, uh, no. And that's going to be his answer. Miami, University of Miami going to let us in. Boston College, I mean, we wore them out in the Big East. Pitt, how would you like to depend on getting a vote from the University of Pittsburgh? Right? Who we, who we, and I don't do. And I'm embarrassed and ashamed that our fans do it. Well, eat S. Pitt every time they get a chance on television. It's shameful and disgraceful. Yeah, they're going to vote for us to get in the SEC. I'll bet it's in the mail right now, don't you, Jeff? Huh? (laughs) The Pitt Panthers running down there across the Westover Bridge. He's got the letter. He's going to take it up and give it to to Shane. He said, Shane, if you get before lunch here, get this. (laughs) Could be wrong. How did we get it so far off base? That's okay. It was a call. It was a call. Let me ask you this, and, and, and I want to, we'll talk about the law firm to wrap it up here. But one question: We may get to the point and see where you may have to produce your vaccination card to get, to get in places. And and it, is that legal for a business to do? Oh, sure. I mean, I, that's not that's not discriminatory. Uh, but you're not being asked to do something because of. Uh, who you are or what you are, you're asked to meet certain qualifications to enter a business. What's the difference between that and saying you can't smoke in here? Right? Uh, you have to wear a shirt. You have to wear shoes. You can't come in. You can't wear your hat inside the restaurant. We need to see, you know, if you want to come in my private club, I need to see what your age is. I don't want anybody under 21 in here. Maybe you have no, I mean, people can do that. Whether they have gambling machines or not, I want an adult atmosphere. I don't want 18 and 19-year-olds. Uh, we had a restaurant or a nightclub here in town for years called The Plaza down in Dunbar. Kind of a mid-level, high-class place. Junior Higginbotham ran it. Junior sat by the door, and nobody with blue jeans got in the door. So to say, yeah, you have to have a vaccination card, I see no problem with that for a private. I don't see any problem with it for government. I mean, you have to have your child vaccinated against smallpox and mumps and measles to get them in a public school. I mean, why would why conceivably would a requirement that promotes the public health and welfare of the entire people of the United States be objectionable? I can't. I, I, mean, I just can't understand it. 
and I, I, I spent a week in Alaska with my good friend who's just glued to Fox News and, and uh, well, smallpox and, uh, and polio are more serious. So, Bill, <laughs> but they're in the past. COVID's right now. I mean, you want the economy to crash again because people are overloaded? Well, I mean, it's just always this rationale. Well, Anthony Fauci said fast masks weren't needed last year. So, well, see, you're telling me that a public health expert has to be 100% right 100% of the time, or we can disregard 100% of what they say. And all you have to be is right never to have your position. I mean, I don't understand it. Yeah, I think it's legal. And I think if somebody brings an action to challenge it, they'll lose. Okay. All right. The Peyton Law Firm in Nitro. Yeah, right at the corner of 28th Street and 1st Avenue, about 20 minutes from downtown Charleston, 10 minutes from Taze Valley, Cross Lane, St. Albans. And we work uh, pretty much throughout South Western, South Central, West Virginia, and over in Eastern Ohio, where my son is licensed to practice. The best way to get in touch with us, we do a lot of injury work, a lot of car wrecks, a lot of industrial accidents, a lot of litigation, but also the things that help people. PeytonLawFirm.com. Get online. You can send us an email through the website that only I see or my son Tom sees, and we can get back with you at any hour of the day or night, or call us. 304-755-5556. And now that so many of us did the responsible thing and got vaccinated, you can stop by the office, drop in, and if either Tom or I are there, we may be able to see you at that time or we can get some information and make an appointment for you. Mm-hmm. It's easy and, to find. And the call earlier, we got about wills and different things. Obviously, you do. You oh, yeah, we do a lot of that. I do. Honestly, most of what I do now, I do review a lot of the things that come in the office, and Tom and I review them from a litigation standpoint. I've undertaken recently a couple of litigation matters because people ask me to do it, but I also spend about 80% of my time now doing transactional things like, and I'm going down to the Putnam County Assessor's Office at noon or 1 o'clock today to meet another lawyer to try and straighten out a mess that's been created by a deed that was written erroneously by another lawyer like 10 years ago. So that doesn't have much to do with litigation. I hope it doesn't. But solving people's problems, helping them out, a lot of people just call for advice. And, you know, most of the time when people just come in for some simple advice and it, I don't charge them. So what do I owe you for that? Well, you know, if you really think it's that important, give me 20 bucks, give $20 to the lady at the front desk, let them go buy lunch and but, you know, if it, get, if it gets to the point where somebody's asking you, and you can sense someone is asking me for an answer because they want to tell somebody else what the lawyer said. I talked to a lawyer, and he said, well, under those circumstances, my instincts say, well, crank this down and say, you understand, that's something we have to charge for. And about 80% of the time, those conversations sort of peter off. <laughs> they, they drift away. Hi, but don't hi. be afraid to call. Yeah, and our charges are reasonable. I can tell it's you that. 304-755-5556. Easy number. 304-755-5556. PeytonLaw.com. PeytonLaw.com. And, you know, yeah. I look forward to seeing you next week, Jeff. Yeah, that's great. It'll be close. I'm going to try and look at the schedule. Uh, we're going to beat Long Island. I can tell you that. Okay. That may be the worst football team the Mountaineers have ever played. <laughs> ABC News is next. This is 580 WCHS. WCHSAM 96.5 FM Charleston and 104.5 Cross Lanes, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station. It's 9 o'clock. From ABC News. 
I'm Sherry Preston. The Delta variant of the coronavirus spreading very, very quickly around the world and across the country. The nation's top infectious disease specialist, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says it's hitting hardest in areas where people have chosen not to get vaccinated. One of those people is Travis Campbell from Tennessee, now in a hospital on oxygen and regretting his decision. If I have a day or two left, I don't want to waste my time. I want to help as many people as I can to let them see the real truth, that it's real, and it's only getting stronger and faster. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.